Leader Talk. 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 Hi everyone, my name is Natalie Dawson. Welcome to Leader Talk. This show is proudly brought to you by Brainiac. Each week we are meeting with incredible leaders from across Australia and around the world to discuss all things leadership and business insights. Each person coming on this show has given up their valuable time for one very clear purpose, to give back to small and medium business owners. In this episode, my co-host, CEO of Peerlight, Gus Arianto and I are super excited to chat to Mark Burgess, CEO and Managing Director of Quickstep. Now, Mark has extensive experience in governance and stakeholder management, working in public, private and not-for-profit sectors. Mark has had a successful career in the delivery of profitable growth and complex projects in advanced technology businesses. He has managed several successful post-acquisition integration projects and has held numerous board positions on subsidiaries and international joint ventures. Welcome to the show, Mark. Hi, Natalie. Thanks very much for having me. Welcome, Mark. Thank you again to come with us. Look forward to have the dialogue with you. Fantastic. Now, we begin each of our shows with two fun questions that we ask our guests. So, um, Mark, the two questions we have for you this week. The first one, if you could invite one person to dinner, any person, who would it be and why? (laughs) Oh, wow. Okay. I mean, just picking one. Uh, I often think about this, actually, about having dinner parties. Who would you have there? Oh, look, I think... um, Honestly, I, I would invite Winston Churchill. That's going to make me sound like a real geek, right? Uh, and the reason why, I, I just, I, I think, um, I, I'd love to get into the mindset of someone who, when faced with such overwhelming da- adversity and, 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 and against all of the odds, was able to dig really deep and, and, and inspire everyone around him um, and, and ultimately inspire them to victory, despite the fact that it looked like they were going to be absolutely bowled over quickly and um, he, he's a hero fantastic what about you Gus if you could invite one person <laughs> me uh, can I have two no maybe one uh, just uh, one. one if it's one I want you know if it's one I probably pick a younger one that Winston Churchill I I want to invite Gary V from Vina Media so he's uh, he's a LinkedIn influencer he's a uh, uh, his story, you know, uh, continuing his father' business of wine and bringing it to a global stage, and while he's successful, all his messaging, even this morning, his messaging that I saw, leading with heart, you know, and and, and really, really connected to me. You know, I cannot imagine if I have a dinner with him. You know, the topic of performance and productivity and accountability, but without forgetting that we all human. And for me, that's just thing that I can talk for a long, long time. So that's me, Gary. Yeah, fantastic. All right, second question. Uh, one thing that you cannot live without? <laughs> one thing. Yeah, oh, okay. What, what, one thing with many constituent parts, uh, family. Um, I, I'm very fortunate that uh, you know, I've got a beautiful family of my own now, but, but I also came from a background of of a, a big family where everyone kind of, you know, got on really well and looked out for each other and um, very Northern English kind of trait characteristic, you know, large, but very tight knit family. Um, yeah, I, I don't think I could get through life if, if I didn't have those, those, that emotional sustenance to fall back. Wonderful. On. What about you, Gus? Well, I will be agreeing with Mark. Family is important for me. And inside that family, I got dogs as well. Three dogs that I love. So, Wife, children, and the three dogs. Uh, they are social media uh, dogs as well. Plus, I like rice. Rice. So, so maybe not one. That's actually I don't know how many, but uh, I cannot live without rice. What? Steam rice. Not not fried rice. Steam. Rice. You have to explain, Gus. <laughs> Why rice? Uh, explain. Okay. Uh, because this is a topic of leadership as well, let me share with you, if you don't mind, because you asked that. Uh, I like steam rice because every time I look at steam rice, they are the most basic, basic element of food. Uh, if if you open a restaurant and you call it a steam rice expert, no one come there. 
but now you can pick every expensive Asian restaurant in the world. In the absence of steam rice, no one go there. So the way I look at it, every time I look at my dining table, this humble steam rice that connect the lobster, the veggie, the chicken, the curry, in the absence of rice, it's not meaningful. So leadership do not have to be the lobster. They can be the rice. That's from the leadership, just to make it sophisticated. But I love rice because the taste is nice. <laughs> Fantastic. Thanks, Gus. Um, yeah, I love yeah. it. Um, before we get on to the chat about leadership, Mark, I was wondering if you could just um, let everyone know um, you are CEO and Managing Director of Quickstep. Can you let us know um, who is Quickstep? What do they do? Sure. Um, so Quick, Quick Step is an Australian listed business. Um, almost 300 employees. Um, this year we'll touch 100 million in revenue. Uh, and our core business is, is related to uh, carbon fiber composites. So we're Australia's largest independent aerospace grade carbon fiber composite manufacturing business. We have a significant technology base around the manufacturing process technology associated with production of carbon fiber components. Uh, and although we, we sell into a number of markets, uh, including medical devices, uh, the rail sector, previously in automotive, the vast majority of our, of our revenue is derived from the aerospace sector, um, both now and, and in the future. We, we also recently acquired a Boeing business down in Melbourne, which um, does maintenance, repair and overhaul of commercial and military aircraft. So we've got design development, manufacturing and aftermarket services, including engineering services. Uh, and we just uh, announced the launch of a new business division um, focused on unmanned air vehicles as well. Um, so you can see that it, it really is, we're an aerospace company at heart, um, with most people in that business having an aerospace background of, of one form or another. Um, but given the fact that there is a limited aerospace sector in Australia, um, 96% of our revenue is exported. And don't forget the F-35, my favorite jets. <laughs> Well, so so we do produce parts for, for the F-35, a lot of parts. In fact, in December, we produced our 10,000 parts wow. for the F-35. Um, but we, we also produce uh, for um, the F-15, F-18, and the AV-8B Harrier. And, and the F-18, Gus, is, you, you said you were a big fan of Top, Top Gun. Gun. Yeah. So Top Gun, um, yeah. uh, Maverick, yeah. and F-14. Yeah. The F-18 is the replacement, the successor yes. to the F-14. That's Fantastic. Um, look, Mark, you know, a lot of discussions and a lot of questions that have been coming through is more around um, motivating staff during um, these kind of testing times, especially with the COVID situation. What advice would you have for small and medium business owners on motivating staff, keeping them engaged? Um, a lot of them are working remotely as well. Um, so what advice would you actually have for them? Yeah, look, I mean, it's it's um, it's obviously a difficult uh, set of circumstances, both both here and, and 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 internationally. It's been even worse recently. In terms of advice, I think information is key uh, because people's confidence, their certainty in an ambiguous environment, is only ever helped by having access to good, accurate, timely information from reliable sources. Um, so, you know, the state governments in, in the states in which we operate and the federal government, you know, they have a lot of good online resources. They communicate effectively. Yes, it can be a bit mixed messaging at, at times, but, but the baseline is providing good, timely and accurate information from reliable sources. And that gives you the platform then to have a, a more meaningful engagement. So you want to make sure that every day, every single day, your employees have access to good quality information. Uh, the second, the second piece of advice I'd give is um, that um, follow all the health uh, directives and be really diligent in their communication and implementation on site. Whether you've got multiple sites or you've got an individual shop, so whether that's social distancing, mask wearing, uh, sharing information every morning on where the local, the, the latest uh, locations of concern have been, uh, and just keeping that cadence behind communication and enforcement and it is really enforcement because that you know that 
the New South Wales Health or Vic Health don't come on site to enforce, the police don't come on site, it's, it's management and leadership that have to uh, adopt that enforcement role. Um, and I think those two things combined, good communication and enforcement of things that are in the direct interests of every person in that workplace, it grows individuals' confidence so they know at least in their work environment that managers and leaders have their best interests at heart. It's highly visible. They're communicating effectively. Um, there's a lot of collateral up. Uh, there's a lot of enforcement of, of uh, health directives. And I think that, that gives people the confidence that what everything that can be done is being done. Um, and for me, that's really important because that gives people confidence, right? In, in a really uncertain and, and anxious time, people really crave con, uh, confidence in leadership yeah. or confidence in leadership, um, but as well as confidence and leadership. Um, uh, look, I think there's a, there's a load of different things. We could, we could spend the whole hour talking about this, but, but those two things particularly, I think, are absolutely key. Um, and, and certainly in our business, I, I've been really um, impressed, proud of, of the, the way our workforce has responded. Uh, we've gotten a lot of positive feedback about the fact that we evident, you know, leadership evidently cares because we absolutely do, um, and and compliance and and even just basic humanity of looking out for each other, making sure other people are okay. Um, you know, we we've seen that all come to the fore in a way, and it's natural in in in, in times of adversity, humans tend to to pull together, right? They don't pull apart; they pull together, and we've seen copious examples of that to your point though about working from home that that brings in a new level of challenge right i mean we've got more people working from home now particularly in new south wales than we ever had at any point um during the, the pandemic in australia uh, much more akin to what we saw in in the uk europe and, and north america and that makes it much harder yes you've got technology um, you know we use zoom as a platform with an im uh, uh, an instant messaging bolt on Everyone's got mobile phones, but it's not the same as coming to work every day and having that support network of your team, your team leader and management around you. And in fact, we've got another town hall, virtual town hall tomorrow, and, and, and a main part of the emphasis of that town hall delivered over Zoom. So, you know, relatively straightforward to, to deliver to, we'll probably have 100 people on that call tomorrow. Um, but a large part of it is taking care of yourself um, when you're working from home and, and you know, making sure that you, you set boundaries for your work time, uh, that you do exercise, you eat well. I mean, it, it's all kind of motherhood and apple pie stuff, right? But um, at a time when, when that sort of ad, that basic advice, I think, it, it, it is really meaningful. Um, and, and reaching people working from home, is, it, it's harder. It's just much harder. And, you know, if I can add just on that, Mark, you know, I really like what you said, you know, motivation, Yes, as an organization, your organization, mine, or even Natalie organization, you know, we, we put a lot of a lot of support mechanism to make sure that, you know, we are offer communicate so people understand. Uh, you know, we prepare uh, the, the the leadership team or the management team to be available to help. Uh, we make sure, you know, every single part from how they sit at home, how they eat. Uh, and if I can add, you know, even our ability to trust them to do that is key because uh, the problem with with organization is our intent can be taken in a different way. That's not mean that the intent is wrong. I don't think I see anyone want to do something in the wrong intent. You know, our intent have to be very clear. So in my part, you know, our, our communication very, very clear. Safety is beyond you because there's a family with the children that is coming in part of the business. And we need to make sure that's happened uh, because otherwise they always think, uh, and when I say they, I don't know if that's the right language or not, but, uh, you know, the business want to look after the people. The rules look like the business want to get a benefit out of that ruling and how we communicate. Uh, and in the case of Mark, I'm sure, uh, talking to you in the last few weeks, your ability to, to communicate in the personal level and make it accessible is just fantastic. And that's, I think, the key to motivate. If I could just make one one final point that I think is really important as well. You know, 
I'm a great believer in um, when times are difficult, you should always try and look for some of the positives. Yeah. Um, and obviously the, the pandemic's been and continues to be a, 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 a bit of a nightmare. But one of the things that I really like um, uh, with, with not just the fact that people pull together and look out for one another, but mental health, right? It, it's, it's something that's always been, people find it very difficult to talk about mental health. Um, you know, it's not been treated in quite the same way as physical health. And um, one of the things that I think is going to be a really good and positive legacy of, of the pandemic is people are much less reticent to talk about how they're feeling. Ask other people how they're feeling because we're all going through this shared experience. It's not a pleasant experience. It affects people in many different ways. But it's, it, I think it's bringing us to a point where mental health and talking about mental health is becoming much more mainstream, and that that can only be a good yeah, thing. Fantastic. Yeah, and I, I share one one thing that is very excite, uh, very very real about that. You know, for me and Natalie, Nat, you remember we start this project yeah. uh, literally four weeks ago with Jared uh, from nothing to suddenly we are fully booked uh, every weekly basis. And my coach, I have a personal coach through the company Graciela, which is will be featured as well. And she actually called me and said, "Hey, just remember." Uh, for you, is a passion project. For Natalie, a mom with three kids with a business, your passion could impact her mental health. And this kind of conversation, the ability of actually tuning in on every level means that there is organizational mental health. There is even a personal mental health because this project is actually, I don't know, this is not work for us. Um, and yet I could impact a person on the mental health expectation, because when we tuning, we want to show up uh, real, yet like what you say, Mark, I think the topic of mental health in the leadership and the acceptance uh, is, is key for performance. And this is, I think this is the key. Uh, people think bringing mental health situation to the service reduce performance is actually elevate performance. That's, that's, that's yeah. my, my personal opinion. Yeah, I, I, I completely yeah. agree. And, and just leading on from that, I guess looking after the mental health of our employees. What about as leaders? So if I'm a I'm a small um, business owner or a medium business owner, regardless, um, what would how would you recommend? Um, we would obviously have to look out for ourselves. How would how do you develop and grow as a leader? What would be especially now? Like how do you uh, devote time to yourself to develop as a leader? Because it's important you're leading you know, a business, um, it's important you have great um, mental health. What is your advice on how to grow and even develop? Yeah. Yeah, great question. So uh, I, I, there's kind of two dimensions for me. One is I think there's been a really important learning opportunity to understand more about mental health, um, you know, and, and the Are You OK campaign I think is great and we've been running that every year for the last three or four years. Um, Beyond Blue has some really good resources. So I think um, the, the process of learning about mental health um, is not just how you manage mental health in the context of your workforce, but your own too, right? Because I think particularly as leaders, it can be quite an isolated role often. Um, and you're supposed to appear to be impermeable, indestructible, and therefore you can't show any kind of weakness, right? Uh, but one of the things that's really interesting when you when you when you read about mental health and 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 you know I've had a number of experiences of of people suffering from from poor mental health in in um, in, in all of my career actually it it helps you kind of understand that um, being authentic being real is is a really important feature of being a leader right so um, being fallible I think you know as long as you don't you're not incompetent right you don't consistently make mistakes but making mistakes or, or making the wrong call or asking for help to make a decision when you're not sure about the way forward strengthens relationships i think typically with most people it strengthens their view of you as a leader and um, it's not something i think most people who are natural who have natural leadership skills are that comfortable with because it feels like weakness but it's really important to kind of push through that and 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 embrace it right and and the whole thing about mental health, you know, I've checked myself a few times over the last over the last eighteen months, where you know I've I've hit really low points, right? And then you have to think really hard about 
what do I need to do? Who do I need to speak to? What do I need to focus on? What do I need to change to change my mindset? Because I don't really like where I am right now. And where I am right now is not going to help any of my team. It's not going to help my family. It's not going to help my business. It's not going to help my shareholders. So what do I have to do to try and, to try and address that? And that's why I link those two things. Like, you know, the learning, the resources that are available, apply them to yourself too, right? It's not just about a how-to guide dealing with others. It's a how-to guide dealing with, with yourself as well. And, and, you know, people often talk about, you know, be vulnerable, you know, demonstrate fallibility. But like, I think it's as simple as stuff like asking for help, right? And, and saying, I don't really know what the right path forward is here. What are your views? You know, we have a, we have a daily COVID management meeting and I think it's really strengthened the relationships within our management team because, you know, sometimes when, when things happen, there's, there, there's not just no obvious answer. Nobody has a clue what the answer is or could or should be, right? So you then have to kick it around and get everyone's opinion on the table. And, and I actually think that's something, another positive to take from the pandemic is, is that maturity of relationships within a team or, or even within your own mind, right? Of, of being open to suggestions from everywhere, assimilating all that information and then making a decision. And that, you know, that's another thing that's a key feature of leadership, I think. Can I ask you a question, Mark? I'm a, I'm a small kebab shop uh, in Melbourne. Uh, you know, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm a small kebab shop in Melbourne. I have three... Uh, employees, you know, young employees, you know, they 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 are a full time employee, you know. In the absence of one of the employee, I already wake up at four o'clock in the morning, you know, doing the meets and and stuff. Uh, I'm fully aware about the, the the needs of mental health, and I'm tuning in to lead the talk, and I'm thinking, yes, that's important. And then I rock up tomorrow morning. I see one of my staff look like. He or she might break up with their partner, you know, young uh, kebab shop. Um, uh, but if he or she not working, what happened with me? Uh, how do I uh, address that? How do I address performance uh, when when an organization, big, small, or medium, um, do not have enough um, enough resources that you can pull from the left? from the side you know as a small business i have a very limited employees i have a care factor but yet i'm also too in challenge because i woke up at four o'clock in the morning preparing all the meats and then i'm fully aware that one of my staff um how do how do i motivate this how do i how should i running this in Hmm. your opinion Yeah, look, it's um, uh, first thing I'd say is the smaller the organisation, the more important or the the more uh, significant the loss of any one individual becomes, right? Because the the smaller the organisation, you know, there are just fewer and fewer resources to share the workload across. Mm -hmm. So my my first my first response would be, you've got to accept, you've got to acknowledge that if if you've got an, uh, an employee who whose state of mind is is reducing their productivity then that reduction in productivity unless you address it is going to make your life much harder you're going to have to pick up that slack right and 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 back to my earlier point about there's there's a lot of free resources out there that help you understand some of the things you can do but look i I think it really comes down to and i've I've seen this in you know the, the business my dad created in the uk uh, and and you see it time and again in lots of smaller businesses where the demonstration of care, taking the time to sit down with someone and say, what's troubling you? How can I help? What's going to make your life better, easier? You know, how, how are we going to help you get through today and then tomorrow's a new day? Just the sheer fact of demonstrating that care and dedicating that time, that's often enough, right? And um, it doesn't solve the problem, but it, it, it relieves the burden of whatever that problem is yeah. to, to an extent. So I think I, I think there's, there's lots of free resources out there. Be, remind yourself of the fact that if my small team is underperforming, that puts in, inordinate pressure on me. So I can now allocate some of my time, invest some of my time 
to demonstrate that I care and to try and help. You, you don't have to solve the world's problems. Yes. You've just got to be prepared to listen and, and, and try and help. help. Yeah. yeah, that's a great answer. Yes. I want to I wanna ask you that because you are a real example. You know, I'm talking about, you know, if I'm owning and, and if you are a kebab shop, I'm sorry I never run a kebab shop. But, you know, I got Natalie. You, you are running a business with 10 journalists and, and you know, missing one or two journalists can be impactful. Yeah. Right, because even with that, working night and day, how do you, uh, how do you look after the team with the leadership hat on? Yeah, look in this situation. Exactly what Mark said. You know, communication is really important. Um, we have regular check-ins. We have our catch-ups. We have our phone calls. As a leader, you need to make yourself available all the time, outside of hours. I um, mean, you know, we're living in a the situation at the moment, it's um, evolving all the time. You really do need to make yourself um, present and be there for everyone. Look, even the other day, uh, look, I'll be honest, in a situation with myself, um, you know, it was really, we worked, I worked really long, late, long hours into the morning. The next day came, I knew my productivity wasn't the way it was supposed to be. I needed to stop, go out for a walk, clear my mind, and just doing something like that made me come back with a fresh mind. I was ready to tackle what had to be tackled that day, but it meant that I was also a better leader. Um, so I think it's, you know, recognising the signs and then looking after yourself so you can be the better leader for your team as well. So my advice is regularly look out for those signs and do check in, make yourself readily available um, for all your team. Yeah. That's what, yeah. I, yeah. That's what I would say. Good. Yeah, I think, yeah, sorry. Now. Yeah, that's pretty much what I'll say. And that's kind of where I was, you know, listening to both of you, um, um, the question that I had that I think everyone would love to know, you know, what do you think, both of you, um, you know, CEOs, how would, what do you think is the hardest part of being a leader? Not even just in these times, just in general, what do you think is the hardest? And, you know, how do you tackle this? Both of you. Um, so, so I, I I don't know who to attribute this to, but I I read a great quote on leadership a few years ago, and it, it said, "Leadership can be defined by um, being able to make a choice when there is no obvious good choice to be made." And you know, you weigh up all the pros and cons, and you take a path because that's on balance. That's that's the path, and and, and I think. For many leaders, in my experience, that is a defining characteristic. One of the things I find uh, really challenging, though, is is you know that 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 role that can be feel quite isolated at times. If there is no obvious good way ahead, and you choose a way, and sometimes you do that in the in the face of ob objections from those around you, and it's not that you've discounted what they say; you've absolutely taken into account what they say. But because you've chosen a path that some people don't agree with, they, they don't necessarily feel like you've listened to them. And that, that then, you know, you then take a, a lone path from a point of isolation and you're kind of going, this has to work, right? Or, you know, we have to make this a success because it's all on me. And and it kind of back to the comment earlier about, you know, being authentic and vulnerable and all that all that stuff. I find that really difficult that you kind of go, you, you just have to, you have to press ahead. You have to take that path. There's no obvious other alternate. You've listened to all the views and you kind of then you're out there. Yeah. You're dangling out there and you're thinking, right, this better work. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and, um, what about you guys? Yeah. For me, uh, it's, it's very similar. You know, I, get the key points from uh, Mark about the isolation. You know, you are lonely, actually. You know, I tend to uh, to feel that, you know, whether we go to the left or whether we go to the right, uh, you know, in my case, in my business, one thing that I publicly say within Paylight is uh, the, the most important is not being the most clever, but being the most relevant. Mm -hmm. And now trying to be relevant, you need to be open. Because if you just want to be a one thing, then it's, it's, it's finite. And if you want to be infinite, then you need to be relevant. Now, the problem with relevancy, you need to learn. You need to take risk. You need to 
absorb. You need to accept that you are not the best because if you are the best, then it's actually finished. You know, we changing our vision from being wanting to be the largest to just making it infinite to empower. And how do you empower if you're not learning? And this process, like what Mark's saying, might hurt people because some people that already exhausted, I keep pushing them to learn, to read, to listen to this, including me. You know, in the last three weeks, I'm talking to Mark. I'm just, how can he take local business in Sydney with a global mindset to actually capturing things outside his comfort zone? Not let let alone we talk about the complexity of policy, complexity of of innovation, you know, Sydney, U.S., surely there's people that will say, are you sure you want to go to U.S., isn't it? They have innovation. You know, I'm just, I'm, I don't know, by the way, Mark, I'm just thinking yeah. this is what go through my mind. And, and for me, come back to the question, what is the hardest thing is number one, while this is all happened, we are lonely. And come back to the mental health. People talk about the mental health of the people in the organization and the people in the organization include Mark Burgess, include myself. And that, that's why the ability to network, the ability to be quite open to your staff. I'm very lucky. I got my leadership team that I'm actually able to say, hey, I'm actually very scared. And and what's interesting, uh, when organization allowed it to happen, they thrive because by nature, people want to help. And that's what I believe anyway, by mm-hmm. nature. People want to help. Why Mark here? Icon, we talk to Mark. Mark here spending hours. He can be doing a deals with Boeing right now, but you are here to help because by nature, people want to help. The question is, do you want to ask you, do you want to raise your hand and say, can you please help me? Because I'm lonely. I'm struggling and I, I need to learn. Can you give me insight? You know, I spoke once again, I tend to repeat the people that, uh, I connect lately. So I spoke to Max Garcia last night and I said, Max, I need to learn this from you. You know, how do you bring insecurity of yourself leading 1800 US Marine going to the left? Yet you said going to the left. He exactly what Max saying, not necessarily true, right or wrong, right? No one know the outcome until it's happened. So, so that's how, uh, how I respond, yes. you know, the, uh, the loneliness and the ability to grow. But now we are passing 33 minutes. I want to go to the business mm-hmm. side. Uh, and to, uh, to, Natalie, I want you to represent the, the smaller business side mm-hmm. and obviously mark the inside, right? Uh, you bringing the topic that I think a lot of my audience will like to hear. Local business, global mindset, global growth. Uh, uh, can, I, can, we, can we just start with this? How would you define global mindset? What is global mindset? It sounds very rocket science for me, the owner of Kebab Shop. Uh, yeah, well, so I'll, I'll, I'll explain what my definition of, of global mindset is. Um, I think it's, um, it, it's having a, an open mind. Right, a completely open mind. Yeah. Um, that good ideas come from everywhere. Um, that you can learn continuously, uh, and that the world, the whole planet that we're on, is uh, a, 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 either um, a supplier, a competitor, an influencer. It's the context you operate in. Yes. You operate on on planet Earth, yes. right? And, and, and it's really interesting when I worked in, in Europe and North America, you know, all the big corporates I worked for, global mindset was, was like a key feature of one of the core values that you had to sort of live up to. And I, it, it really, I really struggled to grasp that concept in that context because transatlantic, you know, I mean, most of modern human history has been formulated in the Northern Hemisphere, but, but particularly Western civilization has been formulated around this kind of Europe yeah. Uh, North America axis, right? And then you move to the Middle East, and then, as I did, you move to the Middle East, Southeast Asia, and then Australia. And you realize that, like, the, the context is quite different, and the, people's perception of where they operate can get really localized, like, really localized. 
even in businesses that are quite big or, or sell internationally, the context defines the culture of the organization. But you choose your context, right? So for me, global mindset is really, you, you have to just be alive to the fact that your your operating environment is, is global, right? Um, and, and, you know, when, when we've talked previously, Gus, you know, how do you kind of pull that back down to, uh, you know, the kebab shop owner, right? And I gave the example of, of, of Alice Seal, yeah. um, you know, a, a, a oh. delicious food. If you get a chance, try it. We, we use them for internal catering, you know, pre-COVID when we were a lot of people on site. And you kind of go, all, all businesses start small, right? You know, no, no business starts as a large global multinational. That's not possible, right? And, but they all start small. And, and my view, I'd, I'd love to spend some time talking to the, the, the guys in our field, but you know, they probably started with one kebab, kebab shop. Now, Natalie tells me they've got six in, in, in Sydney and, um, and they do catering, and every time they cater at our site in, in, in New South Wales, all of the customers that are there comment on how amazing the food is. And you, and you kind of go, I think that's a really good encapsulation of how global mindset can be relevant at all levels of scale. So, you know, I'm sure they started out by saying, my, my world is my suburb. Well, then maybe it's my LGA now, and then maybe it's Metro Sydney. Yeah. And maybe then it's the adjacency of, outside catering as well as running kebab shops and you kind of that's a for me that's a global mindset that you know ultimately i think it's underpinned by ambition and aspiration as well but you know it's not about as we said i think on the teaser it's not about getting rich it's not about uh, world domination it's just about moving the ball forward all the time and 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 what one you mentioned um some of the military people you've been talking to i, I think business has an enormous of all sizes has a lot to learn always from sport and the military yes right I where do. you know success and victory are paramount they're definitely team activities and and they're you know being successful even if you don't win but you know like like in the olympics just recently right i love the fact that all of the team leaders all of the, the like the you know the chef the, the tour for all of the olympic teams they go the medal tally is great. We're delighted with that. But I want to call out, and the New Zealand team did this, the Australian team did this, and Team GB did this. They called out all those people who had achieved a PB, personal best, at the Olympics. Yeah. And you look at that and you go, it doesn't matter whether you're on the podium or not. A, you're an Olympian. And B, at the at the most elite level, you did the best you'd ever done. Like that, you know, that almost deserves a medal in itself, right? And I think th that kind of aspiration and ambition when you when you put it in the context of you know you create your own context the global mindset that you know you can achieve amazing things by 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 leveraging those kind of motivations and, and concepts and and that's what i talked to natalie this morning i said uh, natalie we we're talking about uh, global mindset global growth do we need to travel to Las Vegas and Japan and uh, you know and Indonesia and Thailand and uh, England to actually kickstart this. You are a journalist. Then we actually laugh because just through the leader talk alone, Natalie have access now to international speakers that will be uh, utilizing her expertise to rewrite the stories. And I think the things from. Uh, from you, Mark, that I learned in the last three weeks, I'm talking to you in the background, like exactly what you're talking about. We're not talking about bringing a business, a toy shop in Melbourne to suddenly tomorrow opening in Japan. Well, congratulations if you can do that. But that mindset, that drive to continuously improve, to, to, to understand your own limitation without accepting the no uh, and continuously well if you don't have the money to grow to japan you put your advertising in japan while you are in melbourne if you can open a shop you know, and and all that that come across right that that that, that all come across because from the small business mark, this topic is so important yet it sounds expensive yet when you talk to me about your wife a lawyer that operating behind you and have clients all over the world, like I'm just thinking, ah, isn't it the world changing that Natalie mm -hmm. and your wife 
can now operate globally through this computer. We broadcasting this all over the world. Behind this is my bedroom. I mean, it's, I mean, lockdown, by the way. Behind this is my bedroom. Natalie have a much more organized <laughs> background. But, but I think, Natalie, is, is that, is that how you see it yeah. now? You know, we talk, three of us talk about this global mindset. Are you, planning to take your business globally? Oh, look, definitely. And I think it also comes down to opportunity. I think sometimes people are so fixated on just getting there quickly that they don't see these opportunities that they're, they're given. Like leader, let's use leader talk for an example. You know, um, Gus, when you approached me about leader talk, you know, it was just an idea. If I had said no, hey, I wouldn't have had all these, you know, these amazing conversations I'm learning every time we have these discussions. You know, I'm building my network. So it's all about those opportunities as well. So I think that um, we're given opportunities all the time, but it's important we don't overlook them. And just, you know, if we're leading with passion and, you know, we should take these and run with them and give them a go. And yes, you know, like we discussed in our last episode, you could fall, it may not work, but just give it a go. Um, And that's, you know, that's how I see it. Yeah. Now, Mark, I want to I wanna go a little bit deeper, right? Uh, I want to change from a kebab shop. Uh, uh, I want to now become a printing company. I don't know why I keep talking about printing company. Um, you know, uh, even with, uh, with Daniel Wood, I use that. Uh, I'm a printing company in Melbourne. Uh, I want to go global. Uh, but... The, the nearest countries from Australia is Asia. Uh, how do I, what do I say to myself through language barrier, policy challenges, like from the very high level, uh, everything that we talk about, if I suddenly now, okay, you know what, this leader talk to, I love it. I'm applying a global mindset. I will operate tomorrow. I will attract clients in Asia but I only can speak English. <laughs> yes, there's Google Translate, just for giving everyone a tip. But what's your advice around the, you know, your own limiting beliefs so you can kickstart? If I'm a small company, how do you coach me if I have my own limiting belief that's not necessarily true? Yeah. Um, so just earlier, earlier today, I saw a... Uh, um, Great quote that I'd never seen before. Coolidge, the uh, president of the US, I don't know, a long time ago. But he, he, and he said, you know, unrealized genius, you know, un- underpaid talent, all these things exist. What prevails is persistence, yeah. right? Persistence is om- 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 omnipotent, right? And and it's it certainly, the, the, I think, the thing that um, that defines success. So so if if you're the printing company in Melbourne, right, what are you good at? You know, what do you think is, is what you excel at? What makes you successful now? Yes. Where do you think there's a need for that elsewhere, whether it's in another, another part of Victoria, another part of Australia or, or internationally? Yes. And what channels do you have available to you to, to be successful in those other markets? And I mean, one, one of the things that, um, that, you know, I think Australia does quite well, although it's not leveraged that effectively is, through organizations like Austrade or uh, some of the industry associations or, or the state governments themselves, they have really significant resources that, particularly for small businesses, are generally free yeah. or, or there's grants available to access international markets, yes. right? Which includes translation services, promotional activities, trade missions, all sorts of different things. But you've got to understand what, what your what you're good at, what's your competitive differentiator? What do I do well? Who, who might need that and where are they? And how do I access those people and what channels do I use? And, you know, we, we, we've talked about this previously, Gus. You know, I've been blown away by the power of digital platforms, right? And, and it's only really in the last four or five years, particularly in this role where we don't have a communications manager, that's me, right? We don't have a marketing manager, that's also me. So you learn a lot and you learn quickly. But you, if, if we look at like, you know, our website as a platform, link, LinkedIn, particularly yeah. LinkedIn, um, the, the, the amplification effect of those digital platforms and the reach 
essentially, you know, zero incremental cost, right, is is phenomenal. And, um, you know, I, I think I've used an example with you before about some, some advertising we did um, earlier this year after we'd acquired the new business uh, down in Melbourne. Um, and it was specifically focused on, on we used a, a media company that we work with. Um, they've got a couple of platforms that are, that are very successful in, in, in commercial aviation and, and defense. And it cost us like $17,000, right? Which, um, you know, was quite an investment for us. Uh, but not, you know, we're not talking Coca-Cola marketing budgets. Um, and we we had like 250,000 views of our advert with about 4,500 click-throughs of the banner advertisement we did. And and then when you look at that from a, you know, cost per click, you kind of go, wow, that's that's really good value for money. That then resulted in, a, you know, a, a number of cold calls of people we, you know, we had not, we didn't know, right? But we'd reached them, and and if you look at that and that amplification effect, and bearing in mind that this is, you know, aerospace is a global business by by definition, um, there's a lot of stuff that's much more accessible than you think it is, yeah. right? And much much longer reach than you even imagine it could possibly have, and at costs that you know for even small businesses are are, are pretty sustainable, yeah. right? Um, but yeah, I mean that, that would be the basket of advice I'd give to your uh, yeah. Melbourne I printing. Think, I think I agree with you, and I, you know, obviously Natalie and I spoke, uh, you know, uh, twice a day with Jared as well. You know how we should see this. You know, I remember when we start, I even scared to put a note in LinkedIn, yeah. right? Because I just, you know, just like everyone else, uh, and everyone else, small business, medium business, individual performer. What are we trying to do? Are we trying to be a rock star by promoting ourselves? The reality is not. People need to network. Right now, even more important with the challenges of networking, we can't go anywhere. I'm stuck at home. So this platform become a platform that allow people to network. And then the opportunity arises uh, beyond what you expected. And then that opportunity, if you can grab it, if it's actually matched with your intent, uh, it's actually become very, very powerful. I think uh, from my side, I always say to people, uh, whether it's friends, whether it's in my organization, I think limiting belief uh, is is the worst cancer of organization because you can talk Mm. about innovation. You can talk about global mindset. You can talk about positivity but everyone wake up with their own limiting belief. And the, the more you work on that, uh, the more you actually exposing yourself. Yeah. L- yes, I do not know. This is what's funny, how I see how growth mindset, global mindset, executions, and limiting belief. Just put what you do not know up front, because the reality is 100 people want to help you. That's my experience. That, that is literally my experience. Uh, in many, many cases, I experienced this. I put it out there. I said, I have a weakness on that. And I just, either I'm blessed or people just feel pity on me. But regardless, the impact is so good. I need a speaker that actually relate to technology. I got a company that's supplying composite, advanced composite material right now talking to me. Like, I mean, it's... Uh, it's a mind-blowing stuff, and people need to do this. Yeah, I th- there's also, an, as a, I mean, I'm now an Australian citizen as well, but I'm really a foreigner here, right? And um, I only lived there six years. And um, I, I, I also think there's a there's a self-confidence and a belief thing as well, right? Um, and particularly in, in business. So ignore the resources and the agricultural sector, which are well-established, globally relevant industries. But there's loads of other examples, right? Whether it's ResMed or Austel or, you know, take your pick, right? There's, there's other great examples of successful uh, Australian manufacturing and advanced manufacturing and technology businesses that have been successful worldwide. And And, and I would just say, Look at the Australian Olympic team. Look at the New Zealand Olympic team, right? Those guys massively outperformed what the GDP or the population 
defined should have been achievable for those nations at the Olympics, right? And they competed with the world, and in many cases, they beat the rest of the world. They didn't limit their expectations. They didn't self-limit, as you've described to us. They said, I'm going to just do my level best. I'm going to work really hard. I'm going to be persistent. And it paid off. And, and I think business here can do the same. You yeah. know, uh, I'm, I'm, I, there's a, you know, so we're an aerospace company. There's another privately held aerospace company, TAE. Um, you know, and, and they've got one of the most impressive engine uh, overhaul shops I've ever seen in southeast Queensland, right? And you kind of go, really, really, yeah. And they're, and they're they're taking on competitors from all over the world and beating them. And you kind of go, look, there's just so many examples of where this is achievable. The, the nation, this nation, Australia, has to have a much stronger self belief that Correct. it can compete, it can stand toe to toe with anybody Correct. at any scale, and be successful. And and you know, a, you know, Australia is in Asia, right? I mean, I know not many people like to own up to that, but it is in Asia. Yep. And, and and this century, economically, is the century of, of Asia. What an amazing opportunity. Yeah. Australia's got, uh, you know, incredible education base, the rule of law. It's an advanced, civilized society with strong institutions. You know, it, it, in many respects, it's come through COVID well, although some of those institutional issues have been frayed a little bit at the moment. But as a, as a, as a launch pad for the market of Asia, I mean, you almost couldn't choose a better place to be um, and and I lived in Malaysia for five years and, and it's really interesting the way the Southeast Asians particularly but it's true in North Asia as well they look at Australia and they want to know what Australia is doing what Australians think what's available from the Australian market they send their children here to be educated they holiday here and, and you look at that and you go what a brand value this nation has yes. got take advantage yeah. of it. Can I just ask, yeah. Gus, just going back um, to your what you what you discussed before, um, small business head on, uh, you were mentioning if you're in, you have self-doubt, reach out and ask for help. Who would they reach out and ask for help? If they they don't know where to start, who would you recommend? Who is it family? Is it discussing it with friends? Is it joining network groups? So so let's just use Leader Talk uh, as an example, sure. right? It took me three years talking to different people, including my mom, my dad, my neighbor, my dog, because no one else want to listen. Uh, everyone I talk about, you know, I want to I wanna interview people. I want to bring insight for free uh, because for me, education should be accessible. And I'm, I'm, I'm not discounting the needs of a real education. I think everyone needs to be accessed to that. I'm talking about the real-life education from experts. Uh, I consider people like Mark as an expert for free. No one wanted because the reality, the cruelty of life is what you're passionate about, not necessarily what other people. Number one, my advice, my personal advice, like what Mark said, persistent, never give up. Uh, I I don't know why you and Jared helping me four weeks ago. And I remember what Jared said, Gus, you talk about this so often. Let me just do it. Let me just do the platform. The minute that happened, your spark goes up and you start talking to the people you know. And you don't underestimate this. Everyone is actually one contact away. So message for small businesses, medium businesses, any businesses. You actually one contact away from a people that can elevate your passion, your business, your learning. and. And that's the truth. The question is, do you have the ego as big as Mount Everest to ask for help? Or are you actually able to manage your ego and actually say, hey, this is my intent. And I really, really want to actually grasp it. That's number one. So I go everywhere. I ask, I put it on Facebook. Hey, do you know anyone? Do you know this? You know, and don't underestimate the power of momentum. Now, the question is, when do you start? I mean, everyone talk about great things, but when do they start? And in my case, I start a million things. Nothing worked, <laughs> but I, I start anyway. You know, I, I start to training the dogs, put it on social media. Um, by the way, Mark, you don't want to ask me about my dogs because 300 videos start coming your way with their tricks and stuff. But, but you know, it's a, 
uh, Ned, to answer it is like, isn't it funny? We have the vice president of Tupperware. We have the CEO of Quickstep. Uh, all the messaging is quite basic, persistent, ability to look beyond what you believe, limiting belief, keep learning, push through. Like, I don't know what is education, actually, because the recipe from Mark is actually, is actually if people want to really listen with their mind, not just listen through a podcast, because maybe people, ex- you know, some people will expect that this is a policy type conversation. Yes, there is a part when you become a company like Quickstep and try to supply carbon material to F35 that, you will hit a policy. But that's like, I don't know how many years from now, the intent is start. The intent is us. The intent is you guys that now watching this, uh, there are some people that said, hey, guys, uh, maybe I'm one step away to know Mark Burgess. Sorry, I'm not saying that Mark Burgess will get a thousand email or things, but try it anyway. The, the worst thing is the answer is no. That That's my view. How, how's your view, Mark, on that? Um, yeah, um, there's so many things to pick apart in what you've just, just said. I, I, I think just be open to learning and to opportunity. I mean, interestingly, one of the reasons, one of the main reasons I got this job, uh, was, and the chairman told me after I was appointed was because, um, in some of my responses, I referred to my experience of working with my dad when he set up his business many, many, you know, 40, 35 years ago. Um, although all of my, my, my CV experience was with large corporations, my foundational experience as to how you run businesses was from the age of 10 with my dad. And the chairman said, that's what differentiated you. That, that's what made me say, you can operate at this level and at this level and everything in between. You know, you value... Um, the individual value money, right? Because, uh, you know, it's in, in, in business, large corporates, cash flow is not something that keeps you awake at night. It's what determines your bonus level, right? Yeah. In smaller businesses, cash flow is what stops yeah. you sleeping at night. Yeah. Um, but, but being open to opportunity and, and, and a kind of step on from that is, is, um, you know, you show me a small business owner who says no as their first answer. They mm-hmm. always say yes. And then they work out how they're going to do it, right? And that kind of mindset where you you know you spend the money like it's your own, where you seize all opportunities, even though you're not sure how you're going to deliver it, you know, it's that 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 that's the underpinning of capitalist societies, right? You know, I think because I talked to you about um, my time in Jakarta, right? And you'd see these hawkers on the street with these amazing contraptions on the back of the bike, selling everything from, you know cooking oil through to cigarettes and, and everything in between. And, and you'd walk past and go, that, that's, that's, that's an entrepreneurial society yeah. in action. Unfortunately, in Indonesia, the infrastructure and the institutions are what let those people down. Whereas here, you've got the infrastructure, you've got the institutions. We've just got to kind of keep encouraging and driving that entrepreneurial zeal. And, and if you only want one kebab shop, that's totally okay. Yes, Make sure they're the best kebabs in, in your suburb. If you want two and a half thousand and franchise them all over Australia, that's also really okay. <laughs> yeah, and and I think um, and we we only have a couple of minutes, and I want to close it this way. You know, uh, this topic is so important because yes, we have a big organization, but in the absence of a success of a small and medium business mindset, companies that thrive all over the world, we will fail because because. Uh, the small business become big. The big business uh, can be a ceiling unless a few that can be quite growing and well done to them. And this program is 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 aiming for that. You know, learning from different mindset. And what I learned today is when we talk about growth and global mindset, we're not talking about uh, you suddenly moving your kebab shop from Melbourne to Japan because Japan have no good kebab shop. It's actually moving from your suburb, extending to two suburbs, extending to a state, if you want to. So no one said that everyone needs to have a thousand shops. But even with one shop, global mindset could mean that my one and only kebab shop 
will be winning the world kebab shop kebab taste uh, or you know that's inspiration to actually understanding that the competition is bound without boundary it's no longer about the size of being the largest it's about the values that you offering is about the 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 difference you make towards your offering and that's what i learn when i'm talking to ma now ma one last question to small and medium businesses in the world especially in australia because we are in chapters through the lens of growth mindset for the next one minute what would your message and what would you like to send them off uh, before we close this don't limit your own ambition anything is possible with 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 an open mind a willingness to learn and and persistence and 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 choose your context and be the best you possibly can be in it fantastic fantastic mark there's nothing more than that You're- Isn't it very athlete? clear? Your message was very clear, and I have no doubt that a lot of small and medium business owners will get a lot out of this discussion and your advice. So thank you, um, thank you, Gus. Uh, thank you, everyone, for thank tuning you. in. For more information on Leader Talk and for some great resources to help your business grow, um, please check out brainiac.com.au. Um, bye, everyone. Bye. Thank, everyone. thank you for your thank time. You. Bye, Mark. Leader Talk. 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 Leader Talk.